10, verse 5 through 8. Matthew chapter 10, verse 5 through 8. And it says this. These 12, Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Do not go. I'm sorry. There we go. Now we can read on the screen. I apologize. Okay, let's go again. Where did that country accent come from? That's all right. My Midland's coming out. Okay. These 12, Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Do not go among the Gentiles or enter any town of the Samaritans. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. As you go, proclaim the message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Would you join me as we pray this morning? Father, we love you. Holy Spirit, we came this morning to glorify you. Um, God, that our song would be unto you, that this would be our doxology that as we sing to you, it would give you glory. As we read your word, it would instruct, but it would bring us into a, an atmosphere of thinking about you, that you would not just focus our mind, but regenerate our hearts. Holy Spirit, we're asking for more of you this morning. Father, let us be a people who freely receive and freely give. We love you in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. All right. Give somebody a high five and then have a seat this morning. Man, we're so excited. You know, as as we get into the scripture, we're talking about experiencing Jesus, experiencing Jesus. And what would it be like for us to be a people to experience Jesus in all aspects of life? And and this is really our heart. It's our cry. We want to experience him in a great way this Christmas season. Christmas is all about Christ with us, and we want to experience who Jesus is, what he's done, and how he has instructed us. And obviously, we're not going to be able to convey all of that over the next several weeks, but, but we, we set up a parameter, and, and in this parameter, we set up the moment if we're going to experience Jesus, we need to be in tune with the Spirit of God. That the Spirit of God would lead us into all truth, lead us unto, into righteousness, the Spirit of God. So as we're hearing the Lord, as we're reading our Bibles, as we're talking about Jesus, we want it to be Spirit-led. We want to be a Spirit-led people. We put a fence post in the ground over here that was, we want to be led by the Spirit of God. But we also wanted to put another fence post, if you will, in the ground over here, drawing a line from that fence post, the Spirit of God, to this fence post, which is the word of God, that it's one thing to know the spirit of God. We talked about how sometimes you can go crazy. You ever met some crazy people, like some crazy religious people? And that's these people who, who may just have the spirit of God, but they don't realize that the word of God inspired by the Holy Spirit anchors us and leaves us in a place of safety and security that whatever the spirit says, the word will attest to. Amen, church. That's what we were believing in. And then we set a third fence post down over here. And we connected the dots, created this perimeter that God wants us in. And this is the people of God. And we know that when we are walking this life, experiencing Jesus, we need all three of these anchors in our life, don't we? We need all three. We need the spirit of God. We need the word of God. And we need the people of God. Because the people of God helps us find more Jesus, experience Jesus in a great way. 
in this moment of being in this place of experiencing Jesus, as we read this scripture, we realize there's some things in this particular passage that we may feel uncomfortable with. There are some things in this passage that that seem a little startling, that that move us in a certain way. But what I really want to focus on is this whole last aspect that Sierra alluded to. Freely you have received, freely give. Freely you have received, freely give. It's Christmas season. How many of you excited for presents? How many of you love like receiving gifts? Some of us. Some of us. How many of you love giving gifts? Okay? Some of us. How many of you don't like either? You just like avoid Christmas. You sleep in. Okay, two of us. Okay. You know, I, I remember growing up and we didn't we, there was Certain seasons that we had a lot. There was this one season in fifth grade where my dad said, get whatever you want to get. Whatever you want to get, we will get you because next year I'm quitting my job. I'm going to go full-time ministry, and you aren't going to get a thing. Something like that. Hyperbole, Dad. Hyperbole. And I remember this one moment that we didn't have much, and it was that one particular Christmas instead of getting the whole list, our whole Amazon list, our whole shopping list. Instead of that, we decided to draw names because there wasn't that much to go around. And we drew names, and our limit was $50, $50 for one person in our family that we would spend so that we wouldn't break the bank. How many of you try to break the bank at Christmas? We do it every year. It was this Christmas that was special, and it was this Christmas that I remember that we went around and we drew names, and it was this moment of being able to give out of um, not an abundance, but out of just what we had and being able to give that way. And, and we all know the whole idea of receiving and giving gifts, don't we? The whole idea of receiving and giving gifts. And, and when you are able to freely receive something, you also are able to freely give it away, aren't you? It didn't cost you anything, so it's easier to give. When we, when we give our hard-earned money, sometimes it's a little harder to do that, isn't it, at Christmas? But when we go into this place of when we have freely been given things, it's easier to freely give it away. And as we talk about experiencing Jesus, this whole idea comes into play of, of how are we to experience Jesus? The first thing, in order to experience Jesus, we must receive Jesus. It seems pretty matter-of-fact, right? Pretty plain and simple. But in order, in order to experience him, you must receive him. You must receive something. And I realize that this morning, as we talk about these different experiences of Jesus, we must experience him and who he is. Experience Jesus as a gift to us. Isn't that what Christmas is? A gift has been born. A gift has been given to us. A son has been born. As we sing about and talk about experiencing Jesus as a gift. But we also need to experience Jesus not just as a gift, but by his gifts. One way that you experience Jesus is by the gifts that he constantly pours into your life. That it's this, it's this moment of receiving him and receiving all that he's bringing to the table. How many are grateful for like when, when you got married and all of a sudden you were receiving somebody else's job, their, their, the money and all that from their job? How many you love dual income? Praise the Lord. We experience this and 
And this is what Jesus is saying, that we, we, we're moving into this place. We must experience him. In John 1, 9 through 13, it says this, the true light, which gives light to everyone who has come into the world. He was in the world and the world was made through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own and his own people did not receive him. But to all who to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God who were born, not of blood, nor the will of flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. We must experience Jesus is to receive Jesus. And the question is, how do you receive someone? How do you receive someone that seems so abstract? It seems like it's such a challenge. And the truth is to receive is what we allude to in John. Receiving is believing. In order to receive Jesus, you must believe that he is who he says he is. You must believe that. What does the word belief mean? Belief simply means to put trust in him, to put trust in him, to lean on him. That's how you receive Jesus in a great way. Taking Jesus as true, that he is more than a mere suggestion. How many of you love to give advice? And and, and there's one thing to give advice, but there's another thing to take the advice, to receive the advice. To receive the advice that was given to you means that you won't just take it, but you'll apply it. Isn't that true? Like you're going to take this advice and you're going to apply it and live it out knowing that what the advice was, if I were to live that out, then it seemingly will go the same way as it went with them. And I want to tell you that when Jesus comes to experience him, to come a hold and take hold of him, as you do that, you're saying, I'm receiving you and I'm taking you in and I'm going to live a life according to you, knowing that you have my best interest in mind, knowing that you have paved the way, knowing that you're going to move in a great place. Verse 13. Who were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. When you receive Jesus, you become born again. You become a new creation. This is what the Christmas season is all about. That Jesus came, his promise was here. He was born, he lived this perfect life. He lived a life that you and I couldn't live because he was perfect and He gave his life in order to to adopt us. And it says that we will be born again. Jesus' birth allowed new birth for all those who believe. This is what Jesus has done. And this is how we experience him. When you receive him, you receive all of him, not just some of him. How many of you want to just receive some advice that you get? Not all the advice, right? Because all the advice that you get, that may not be trustworthy advice. I'll just take the little things that I know and apply those things. But when you receive Jesus, you don't just receive a a couple of verses and then you proof text and apply those verses to your life. You receive all the verses. How many know that's true? You receive all that Jesus said and all that he's done and all who he is. And he's not just a good suggestion, but he is one who is moving you completely to his wholeness and likeness. That's why when Jesus was talking um, to John or to Nicodemus in John chapter 3, when he echoes this, he echoes John 1. He says, you must be 
born again. You must be completely new, meaning that you have a different DNA, a spiritual DNA that comes inside of you, and you live all together differently. The, when Jesus came, he came to give you everything. And how many of you are thankful for that? Uh, for instance, like I remember one Christmas that I was opening gifts and my cousin gave me a package. He gave me a gift and he gave all of us get, uh, this one gift, me and my brothers. And we opened it and it was a Nintendo. You know, like the legit, like old school Nintendo because I'm 40. And that's what we had. And, and we opened this. We were so excited about this Nintendo. We got it out. We hooked it up. We, we powered it on. We had the controllers. Everybody goes, where's the game? Where's the game? And there was no game. My cousin gave me a Nintendo with no game to play because he didn't have a lot of money. And he gave me this game to play that, or this Nintendo didn't have a game to play. How many of you know I was disappointed? I was frustrated. I was like, man, this is not a good gift. This is incomplete. And this was back in the day when stores were actually closed on Christmas. Do you remember that? Like we actually respected a holiday? Okay, no, 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 no judgment here. I remember that disappointment that happened. I want to tell you this, is when Jesus came, he came to give you all of him. And he came not just to give you all of him, but he came to dwell in you, is what the scripture says. That the Holy Spirit would come inside of you. What if you just got religion without power? What if you just got an idea of God without transformation inside your spirit? If you are truly body, body, mind, soul, and spirit, what if you just got some good advice, some way to live, but there was nothing behind that that would change your life or give you power to live? In John 14, 16 through 17, it says this, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you, Luminous Church, you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. That when Jesus came and he promised on this Christmas that he wouldn't just be a figure or, or good advice that would live and then one day disappear and, and leave. No, he would be good advice and a good person who would regenerate you. And the fact that Jesus conquered death conquered the grave shows us that he has the power over every situation that we'll ever face over anything that is destructive in your life jesus is displaying his power and his glory through his resurrection of now he living in eternity in heaven and he has sent the holy spirit to come inside of those who what receive believe those who confess with their mouth and believe in their hearts that they will be born again and trust that's not just good advice, but it's the right way to live. And watch the Holy Spirit come and he will empower you in an amazing way. If we are to experience Jesus this morning, we must receive Jesus this morning must receive him receive all he is we also know that there are three things that jesus wants to move in our life 
in order to, um, as he empowers us, as he as as we are born again, as we receive him, we experience Jesus by receiving him, but also by being included in the mission of God. How many know this is true? By being included in what Jesus is doing on the earth. How many know that Jesus doesn't just want to save you, but he wants to include you in his purposes and plans on this side of heaven? Everybody say, this side of heaven. Woo! That means we are living as born again as new on this side of heaven. And there are three things how we can experience Jesus in our life through giving what we've received to other people. Isn't that what we're created to do? As we freely receive Jesus, now he's called us to freely give Jesus to those around us. The first thing that we need to do to experience Jesus, we must experience Jesus by praying for others. Experience Jesus by praying for other people, by praying for others around you. It's amazing how many of us come into a place for a good idea, if it's just a good idea or suggestive, well, our prayer life doesn't give it much energy, does it? But when we receive him and the Holy Spirit has raised us up and we are born again, living new lives unto Jesus, we start praying for others. How do we pray for others? How do we pray for others? Who are the people we're supposed to pray for? The people that we're supposed to pray for are the people that we affect the most. Our sphere of influence, our oikos, our household or community or where we do life. So here's what I would love for you to do. Maybe pull out your phones right now. If I was a great pastor, I would give you a pen and paper, but it's half great. So pray for me. As you do that, I want you to write down a couple of names. Your oikos. Who is your neighbor? The person who actually lives in the house next to you. Write down their name. And then some people, okay, it's in there. Now, if you don't know your neighbor, this may probe you a little bit. Maybe I should just pray for the ambiguity of the person next to me that maybe I could introduce myself so that I can meet them, so I could pray for them more specifically. Amen? The second person that you would write down is you would write down your coworker, the person that you work with, that would be your oikos, your household, your community, the person that you're doing life with, your oikos, your, your friend, your coworker. The other person that you would write down, and you just can write down one for this particular exercise. The other person you would write down is you would write down a family member, a family member who doesn't know Jesus has never received Jesus, has never experienced him, you would write down their name. So go ahead and do that. Write down their name. Maybe it's, a, maybe it's a father, a mother, a brother, a sister, a cousin, an aunt, an uncle, an aunt, or aunt. And you would write them down. And all of a sudden, what you see developing is a prayer list. How many of you are pastor? Well, who, what do I pray for? You pray for 
your oikos, your prayer list. If you want to experience Jesus, you start praying for the people that he's put around you, for the people that he sent you to. If you want to be included in a life that is on purpose for Jesus, you would start praying for this list and you would start asking God, who is it that needs on my list that needs to experience you, to experience more of you? And here's the amazing thing. When God starts showing up in their lives, you see answered prayers. And what does that do to your faith? It boosts it. It starts growing it. The second thing that we need to do in order to experience Jesus, we can experience Jesus by caring for others. We can pray for people, but we can also care for people. How many of you know that a smile a day, right, will keep the devil away? I don't know if that's true. But just smiling at somebody, being kind to somebody, extending love and grace to somebody, caring for somebody who needs care. I love my wife because she is amazing at meal trains. For anybody who has a baby in our church, gets married, whatever that is, she sets up a whole meal train. She wants to make sure that dinner is taken over their house for two weeks. And it's just one way to care for people around us, to care for people who need caring. You can do that. You can, you can just have an ear and listen to somebody. One practical way to experience Jesus is just by doing some listening and not all the talking. Just how many know people just need a friend? Do you realize our culture is paying people to listen? They, they pay people all the time to listen. I, I mean, the, the counselor I go to charge $210 an hour if I want somebody to listen. That's $210. How many of you know that sometimes we just need somebody to listen? We just need to give somebody an ear. One way you can experience Jesus is by listening to somebody. One way that you can care for others, experiencing Jesus through care, is serving at Luminous Loves and loving people on a Friday night who, who are looking for friendships, who are looking for meals and how to find food for their family so that they can eat and building with their community out there. You know, it's crazy. It's like we, God has called us to experience Jesus by caring for others. And we live in a culture, right, where it's a cancel culture, where I don't like what you say or I don't like what you did. And the one, one of the ways to not get canceled is to have compassion. Isn't that what care is? Care is compassion. Experiencing Jesus by being the compassion of Jesus to other people is one way to love the world, to love those around us. Thirdly, we see you can experience Jesus by sharing with others. You pray for your oikos. God tells you to bake them some cookies. You care for them by taking them some cookies. And then all of a sudden, God opens an opportunity for you to share with them. And the way that you would experience Jesus is by sharing what God has done in your life. Some of us, we have a hard time sharing about what God's done in our life, sharing our testimony, how we receive Jesus. And we may just, we may just end up sharing with them by just, by just sharing the Christmas story, by sharing a nativity set in our front yard, by, by sharing things, by, by wearing a Jesus shirt. Sometimes, sometimes some of us, you know, introverts are like, I am not saying anything to my neighbor. I would drop cookies on the door and run away. Could you just share maybe through a note? 
Maybe just a note of what Jesus has done for you, what he wants to do in their life and how amazing he is. This is how we can experience Jesus by sharing with others, by sharing with others. This is what Jesus would want for us. This is what he wanted for the disciples, that they would go into the land. And when he sent them out to the Israelites in in this passage that we read earlier, and he sent them out, he wanted them to pray for others, to care for others, and to share with others the good news of Jesus Christ and how they can receive the Lamb of God who's taken away the sins of the world. In closing, I want to read Acts chapter 3. And some of you are familiar with this story. Acts chapter 3 says this. Now, Peter and, and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a man, lame from birth, was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the beautiful gate to ask alms of those entering the temple. See, and Peter and John, the disciples about to go in the temple, he asked to receive alms, and Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, look at us. They cared for him in this moment. Look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up, and immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. And leaping up, he stood and began to walk and enter the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God and recognized him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple, asking for alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. I want to encourage you in this moment is that as you're sharing Jesus and being Jesus to other people, you're praying for your neighbors, your friends, your coworkers. You're caring for them in practical ways, and you're sharing good news. Think about this man at the gate. He's sitting there, and he's expecting to receive something. Did he receive something physical? Well, yes, in his body, but no money came into his hands. What he received was Jesus and what Jesus wanted to do in his life in that moment. The truth is, is if we want to experience Jesus, we need to be available to get out there. We need to begin to care for people. We need to begin to share our story. It's amazing. I go, I have a friend who invites me to lunch every week, and we go to lunch. And and as we go to lunch, uh, we sit there, and, and by now it's become routine because I started offering to pray for our meal. And so by now, we all sit there, and he lets me pray over the meal, and he invites his friends, his coworkers, his family members, and we sit there, and and, uh, this happens every time. Every time somebody comes, they just start eating. And then he goes, hey, wait, wait, we're going to pray first. Would you go ahead and bless the meal? And it's this moment where my friend wants to care for his friends, and he wants to share with them, and sometimes It's inviting somebody in your life to help you share with other people. And we've been introducing Jesus, just a little bit of Jesus, at lunches once a week to to his oikos just by praying over a meal. Church, I would love for you to bow your head and close your eyes with me. And I want to just take a moment. I want to take a moment. What, What do we do this week as we're looking at our oikos? 
What are we doing this week as we're beginning to move in this way? I want to take a moment to this week and something that you could practically do is this week you can just pray. Pray for the people around you. Pray at a meal. Pray in a moment that, that leaves you room to pray. Pray before a business meeting. Pray after a business meeting. Pray in a moment. And then, and then in this moment as you pray and you're praying for your oikos, also ask the Holy Spirit, how could you care for somebody this week? Ask them, how could you care for somebody this week practically? Could you care by just listening? Maybe you don't really enjoy listening a whole lot. Maybe you don't have the time. But would the Lord say, could you just stop long enough to care? Could you stop long enough to show Christmas to somebody? Could you stop long enough to be Jesus? And then lastly, work on your testimony. How did you receive Jesus? More than the religion, more than the idea, more than the motions. How did you trust him and come to faith? And could you be so emboldened to maybe share that story with someone else? Father, we love you. This morning, we thank you that we get to experience you. Jesus, Christmas is about experiencing you, all of you. So, Father, we just ask, God, that you would just come right now and that you would just bless everybody who came to Luminous this morning and give us the courage when we don't have it. Embolden us to be a people of God, to love others around us in a way that is transformational. Thank you for your church this morning. In Jesus' name, everybody say Amen. Would you stand with me as we get ready to prepare our hearts for communion this morning? There's something special to me, communion at Christmas. I don't know what it is, the Lord's Supper at Christmas. Maybe it was growing up in a Christmas Eve service and, and going and receiving communion. But, but there's something special about this moment of singing hymns and singing in songs of, of who Jesus is and and how the promise, Emmanuel, was fulfilled that Christmas day. Today we're going to prepare our hearts for communion and we're going to take the elements and I want to give you a couple instructions on how we receive those. We'll have some ushers dismiss us from the back all the way to the front. And as you dismiss, you'll, you'll come out this side and you'll, we have two communion stations. You'll simply go to those stations and you'll take the bread and you may dip it in the juice. And then may consume of your element on your way back to your seat as you continue to worship this morning. But would you join me as we come to the table in faith this morning. Faith not in ourselves, not in our works, not what we do, but in who Jesus is and what he's done. Father, we thank you for your body that was broken for us. Thank you, Jesus, for living this life, for giving your body. Jesus, you were a man who came, the God incarnate, who walked this earth. And you came with a mission to give your life so that we could have life. I thank you for this body. Bless this bread in Jesus' name. And I thank you for the cup, for the forgiveness of sins. Thank you, Jesus, that your blood was shed for us. God, we don't take it lightly. 
forgive us. And as we come to the table, would we remember what sacrifice it took to be born again? Thank you for your blood. In Jesus' name, amen.